depending on where you're from, you like your food a certain way. Depending on where you are from, um, are you okay? Okay. Uh, depending on where you are from, you socialize differently. And so knowing that to be the case, one of the things, the challenges that we have as Christians is to make sure that we do not let the thought processes of the world interfere with how we do things. Because how many know that social prejudice still exists in our country in many different forms? And sad to say that Sunday morning is known as one of the most segregated hours in the country. Because even though we've made some huge strides regarding this issue, how many know that we still have work to, to be done? Now, I'm speaking in terms of the church. I'm not talking about people out there because how many know people out there, they're, they're blind, they're lost. But Jesus said that we are the what? Light of the world. And so if you are a believer, now, now listen to me very carefully because many of us, we come from different backgrounds, right? Uh, you know, and some of us, if we're honest, we even grew up with some prejudice in our own hearts. Perhaps our family, we had to experience that. And now we're just, we're grown adults still battling with some of the same stuff. And now also having come into the kingdom, we still struggle with it. This is not a new phenomenon. It happened back, it happened back in bi biblical days. Remember the apostle Paul was a apostle to the Gentiles. Well, you know, when Paul first started preaching to the Gentiles, the Jews had an issue with the Apostle Paul because in their mind, this thing is all about us. And Jesus was always about the nations. Come on. It's always about the nations. And so there was one episode in Galatians chapter number two that the Apostle, uh, that the apostle Paul had to confront Peter, who was a leader of the apostles. Because Peter was hanging out, he was eating with the Gentiles, the folks that Paul had brought to Christ. And then soon of his boys, his Jewish boys came in, guess what he did? He started to withdraw. And Paul had to sit him down and say, say what are you doing? You, 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 you can't do that. There was another incident, and I believe Acts chapter 10, where Peter, who had a vision from God, and there was a man who had been praying, he'd been, he'd been seeking the Lord, and, and God was sending Peter to minister to this man, Cornelius, who was a Gentile. And God showed him a vision with all kinds of animals and the stuff. And then God says, in this vision, I want you to rise and eat. And Peter said, no, 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 I can't eat. I don't eat anything that's defiled. God said, don't call unclean what I've called clean. In other words, God was setting Peter up to understand that this gospel is meant for all people. And one of the things that we, got, we have to drive home, and, and I'll just be honest with you, it's one of my pet peeves. I don't have a whole lot of them. But I, I, I struggle with people that, that, that have difficulty with race issues and prejudice, and you call yourself a believer. Can we be honest today and talk about this? Because you cannot, listen to me, this Jesus says that this gospel, he said, whosoever will, let him come. Did he not say that? He said, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. From one blood, God made all nations of the earth. And, and we've even had, my wife will confirm it, I've had people come and tell me that they will not come to this church because of me, my skin color. And let me hasten to say, 
uh, you know, whether it's black prejudice, white prejudice, it's all sin. Doesn't make it right. I don't care where you come from. Prejudice is wrong. And if we are to, and one of the, the, the most incredible witnesses we have, Jesus says that you, they will know that, that, that you are my disciples because of the love that we have for each other. Think about how powerful it will be when people come into our midst and they see people from different economic, social backgrounds, you know, their ethnic group, and, and all of these people worshiping God together. But we get hung up on, oh, well, I'm not comfortable. Oh, I'm not comfortable with this. Well, you need to figure out a way to get comfortable. Because, listen to me, we're different. I can appreciate country music. I didn't say I listen to it when I drive down the road. I can appreciate it. I can appreciate some things. I can appreciate, because, and, and it's amazing to me, because if, how many know that, that the, one of the gifts that God gave us is the gift of unity? Amen. I want to be in a place where people don't get stuck up on, it ain't my style of music. It ain't my style. I don't do that. I don't eat this. I don't get in all that. I don't want to be around folk who call themselves washed in the blood of Jesus, who hung up on that stuff. I don't listen. I don't listen to it from either end of the spectrum because I'm on a mission. How many people have we missed an opportunity with? Because in our own minds, we get we get locked down to certain people that we just don't talk to by nature because we don't gravitate toward it. Because you're not like me. I'm not really comfortable with you. I will go up into anything, any place, anywhere, and I will talk to anybody. God challenged me with that because I had some own prejudice I had to deal with in my own heart. That's right. I don't mind confessing to you my issue. And I'm sitting here on a plane and, and I got an opportunity to, to, to share with somebody who, you know, who, you know who's, an, who's an Arab. And just like some of the, 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 the thought processes today, you know how people get in their minds, oh, oh what are they going to do? Are they going to blow up this? Are they going to do that? Or, and, and, and then we miss the opportunity. Because we don't think that God can save a Chinese or Arab or something. Because we say, no, 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 those folks, they, they're just committed to that. You don't know what God will do if you open your heart and share the gospel wherever you go and whoever you come into contact with. This gospel cannot be about any particular group or individual. Come on. This thing is for everybody. Amen. Everybody. And some folk try to spiritualize it. I've seen it. I've been in certain churches. I won't call names because I don't want to. But, but they try to justify it. I'm thinking to myself, no, we want to be. And I know some folk have a problem with this church because we try to we want to make this a place that anybody can walk up in here. And feel like that they're welcome. Don't care where you come from. Because, you know, in heaven, it ain't going to matter anyway. <laughs> so if you got a problem with me here, you're going to have a problem with me for eternity. That's if you get in. Because you got to let go of your prejudice. You got to let go. And, if, and, and we're going to talk about this subject today. Now, if there's something that, that the Holy Spirit convict you and, and, and you know in your heart, because we're going to, like I said, this is a sensitive issue. A lot of churches, a lot of pastors don't even touch on it. 
because we don't want to offend nobody. We don't want to offend nobody. So, I, you know, I would go to church. Remember my wife, one of the things we did when we were looking for a church years ago, we purposely wanted to find a place where there was some variety. Not saying that we weren't trying to listen to the Lord. We just wanted to be in a place where there was a representation of what the kingdom of God is. Amen. That's the passion of my heart. And so when you're serious about your faith, there is no limits. There, you're not looking at a, at a particular person. Let me tell you something. Wherever God has planted you, whoever you come into contact with, everybody that got breath, eyes, and walking on the planet is a possibility to get born again, to, to be saved, and to come into God's kingdom. Amen. But we got to let go of our prejudice. And we can't let, but the pre, let, watch this, this is even bigger, because we can't let the prejudice of others influence how we do things. Yeah. But that's how they are to me. Well, I ain't going to say nothing to them. Well, well, what makes you any better? Light of the world? I'm, I'm supposed to change all this. I'm supposed to be different. I'm supposed to walk up in here and it, doesn't, it does not matter. I am supposed to be the change agent. And Jesus always did stuff that just made the Pharisees mad. He just did. I mean, he, uh, I mean here he is. I mean, you know, he's hang, first of all, he's hanging out with sinners, which is a no-no. You ain't got no business, Jesus. You're a holy man. You don't let certain people put their hands on you, not even to mention come around you. You don't, don't let them touch you. I mean, Jesus was just constantly always going against the grain. And in this particular story, he was no different. Here, the passage of scripture that we just read in the Gospel of John, chapter number four, verses one through 30. Jesus has an encounter with a Samaritan woman. Now, the interesting thing about this, remember, I want you to hold on to this. This is good, this thought, that this kind of stuff has been going on since the beginning of time. You understand that, don't you? Since the begin, even since the beginning of church. Y'all mind if I take my jacket off? Uh, somebody said, okay, he ain't going to go too long. No, I'm not going to. But... <laughs> Yeah, I know I'm fired up when I take my jacket off. No, but, but, but understand something, that this, this is not an issue that just kind of crept into the church or happened here in America. This has been happening throughout time. From the very beginning, there's been these, these, these racial tensions. Most notably, you know, the children of Israel were, was enslaved in Egypt for 400 plus years. So this goes back to biblical days. But the issue is, that now that Jesus has come on the scene and, the, and Jesus understands something, that God's goal has always been and will always be the nations. Amen. You hear me? Not one particular. This ain't, this ain't the, the white man's God. This ain't the black man's God. This ain't the Asian's God. This is a Jesus Christ for anybody who would come. He's the everybody, God, because he made it all. And so now watch this. So here's the Samaritan. Now understand, let me give you a little bit of history with the Samaritans. I'm going to have to read this because I don't want to get it wrong. But first of all, you need to understand that the Jews and the Samaritans hated each other. Primarily, the Jews hated the Samaritans. 
Whenever, and they basically occupied at this time of this story the same region. But whenever a Jew would have to go through Samaria, they would always take the long route. I ain't going through that neighborhood. Sounds familiar? I'm just saying. I'm not gonna, and, they, and they didn't want anything to do with them people. Let me tell you why. Because, see, if you read your Bible and you go back to the Old Testament, you remember that the nation of Israel, that when they were under David, that it was one nation. David had consolidated the kingdom of Israel. God had blessed him. When Solomon came, it was, it, it was even consolidated more. I mean, God was just blessing. And then Solomon died. And when Solomon died, they had, they had some conflict. And so, the, so Israel divided into two sides. He had the north, he had the south. And nation of Israel have always been, back in those days, ten tribes. So the ten tribes went to the north. The two tribes ended up going to the south. And King Amrah, who was the king of the north, had named the northern part Samaria. Now you remember, you go back and you read the Bible, that God had always said concerning the children of Israel, if you disobey me, I'm going to kick you out of the land that I bless you with. So here's what happens. The, back in 1722 B.C., the children of Israel, they were kicked out of their land. They were, they were basically, the Assyrians came in, basically, and took them out of their land, took them to a foreign land, but they left in Israel a sizable population of Jews. But what they also did, the Assyrians or the pagans, they also brought in some non-Jews into the land. And during this time, the non-Jews come into the land and, and, and they start to intermingle with the Jews who are there. And they form this people called the Samaritans because there was mixed marriages. So when the folks that had been deported for 70 some years came back to their land, they saw that the Jews who were there had intermingled and intermarried with people of a different race. And that was taboo. And so now this goes way back to then. And, and so they had developed this hatred. They looked at them as less than. They were tainted. Couldn't stand each other. And Jesus had an opportunity. Now, now I, want you, I want you to hear this because you remember, Jesus said he came to seek and to save that which was lost. Somebody say amen. amen. And so Jesus, how many know, Jesus never did stuff by accident. Everything he did, it was always with a purpose in mind. So you got these group of people, you got these Samaritans who, who, who the Jews despised. They hated. They thought that they were the scum of their, they didn't want nothing to do with them people. Wouldn't even walk by their land. I mean, would take the long route. But Jesus, Jesus comes on the scene and he decides that he's going to go right through Samaria. I told you, he, he, he always do against, goes against the grain and do the very thing that most people don't like. Jesus is going to go. Now, now, now understand, so the Bible says here, if we look at this, I want to take a couple of truths from this. But the Bible says, first of all, that, that, that Jesus was tired. And so he went right through Samaria. He didn't go the long route. He went through Samaria, and we will find out as we read the story. I don't even think Jesus was all that thirsty. Because there's, I mean, because there's no more mention, really, of a drink of water, which this whole thing started on. That's a whole other thing. But, but, but Jesus, he's, he's hanging out, and he's tired. He's tired. And all of a sudden, here comes this woman, a Samaritan woman, who shows up on the scene. Now, now understand something, that the Samaritan 
First of all, women, in, in, that, in that day, men could not just talk with women openly like that. That was forbidden. Couldn't do it. So that was number one. Strike one, Jesus. You, you ain't supposed to be doing that. Strike two, you're talking with a Samaritan woman. Now, so Jesus there, he's tired. He sees this woman, and even in his tiredness, he's looking for an opportunity. I mean, sometimes we get tired, you know. I confess sometimes I get on the plane, I want to be left alone. I don't want nobody to, you know, it's already close quarters in there anyway. You know, it's like, I don't want nobody breathing on me, talking to me, just, just let, me, let me be. <laughs> Selfishness. Selfishness. I'm just saying how God deal with me. Look at the name. He said, God working on Pastor 2. And he better be working on Pastor 2. Yeah. That's for your benefit that he be working on Pastor 2. So, 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 so Jesus is tired, but he's still looking for an opportunity to share. See, sometimes when you realize the urgency of the hour, you share the gospel. And it doesn't matter how tired you are. We got an opportunity. We're saying, okay, the next month in July that we want to go and just start knocking on doors. And some of you will be timid and say, well, I got this. I got that. I'm tired. It's my day off. This is my, this is my me time. Okay, me time. But, you know, when you're serving with somebody else, you don't really have that option. I'm just saying. Because Jesus was tired and yet he still ministered. Now, now watch this. So first of all, he ended up talking to the Samaritan woman. Now, normally when, 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 when the women would come out to get water, they would come either in early in the morning or they would come late at night or late in the evening. The reason they did that was because during the day it was so hot. So this woman comes up around 12 noon. Now, you're talking about destiny. See, you ought to be always watching and looking because, because something about this now, we don't know it could have been because of her immoral lifestyle that she was ashamed. But she comes in the heat of the day, and Jesus just happened to be. He just happened to be standing there waiting for her to come. He strikes up a conversation with her. He doesn't wait for her to talk to him because she, she understood. First of all, when she walked up out of marriage, she probably said, what are, what are you doing here in Samaria and standing there? What are you doing? I'm sure she was thinking that. And Jesus looks at her and says, give me a drink. So he takes, watch this now. He takes something that she's familiar with and he's going to bring her a spiritual reality. Because see, for us, the way, here's how it would look for us today. Uh, what's the score of the game? Oh, that dress you got on looks really, really pretty. What are we doing? Striking up a conversation. See, seekers in the kingdom, they seek to connect. I, I, I watch here in the church sometimes. We got some people here that are loaded to walk up, and I ain't going to call their names, but they're good at just connecting Jesus was just, Jesus, Jesus said, he didn't, you notice, he didn't unload on her. He just said, give me something to drink. And, and, and what was that first response? Excuse me? You, you haven't, why, you are a Jew. Why are you talking to me? You see how deep the divisions were? The divisions were deep. That they wouldn't even have, they couldn't even be seen having a conversation with, this, with, with these people. And 
Jesus says, give me a drink. And, and so they go into this, 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 this big old conversation about worship and all kinds of things. And so Jesus, he ends up saying to her, <laughs> go call your husband. Go, go call your husband. Now, why is that significant? Because remember now, Jesus is talking with this lady. And what he says to her is, watch this. He says to her, I got water that you can drink that you will never thirst again. Now, this woman said, oh, it's been hard coming out here in this hot sun, getting all this water. It's been really, you know, and if you got some water that I don't have to come back out here and try to pull it up, will you please, please give me that water. And she go through a series of things. She started talking about why you Jews say that this is a place where you ought to worship. She started having these conversations about places of worship. You ever notice that every time you try to witness somebody, they always go off on the tangents. People got their talking points. Okay, how many kids did Eve have? Uh, where did Jesus come from? Where did, who was who this for? You know, and they start asking all these questions. So she, immediately she breaks down into all this stuff about where you're supposed to worship. And I like how Jesus dealt with it. Jesus said, look, woman. <laughs> he just told her straight up. He said, look, he said, he said, look you know, none of y'all really got it right, but, but, but there's coming an hour that the true worshipers are going to worship God in spirit and truth. It doesn't matter whether you're worshiping this mountain or you're worshiping that mountain. True worshipers, come on, how many of you would say I'm a true worshiper? The true worshipers, We'll worship him in spirit and in truth. That means you can't confine God to a particular space. You can worship God in your car. You can worship God in the gym. You can worship God while you're walking down in the, while you're, while you're at the mall shopping, ladies, getting your new dress. Hey, Jesus, it looks good. Hallelujah. You can praise him wherever you are. You don't have to wait to go to the temple. You don't have to go to a particular mountain. You can praise him anywhere that you are. And I love how Jesus dealt with it because she wanted to argue. She wanted to have a debate. She wanted, the first thing she'd go into is all the opposition, all the talking points that had been a source of conflict. She wanted to get into all that, but Jesus loved her. Woman, let me just cut, let's just cut to the chase. And finally she says, he says to her, I got some water, I got some water, I got some water. You're never thirsty again. She said, give me that water. And you know what he says? Now let's, let's go back to this, fast forward. Call your husband. Now that doesn't seem right. I mean, I, I read that. I said, this doesn't quite fit. Why would Jesus say? Call your husband. Because the woman just asked for this living water. So, you know, maybe he'll just take the scriptures down and talk to her and just, okay, okay let, me, let me teach you. He said, go get your husband. And she says, oh, I ain't married now. He says, oh, 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 yeah, oh, yeah. The one you living with, come on, shacking up is a what? Sin. He said, the one you living with ain't your husband. But reality is you have five of them jokers. Five of them. And what did she say? She said, oh, you must be a prophet. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> Jesus, he was, he was so awesome and, and how he connected with this woman. Because, you see, what Jesus was saying to her, when she, when, when she said, give me this water, she gave him the green light. The green light. And Jesus says, go call your husband. Why did he say go call your husband? I'll tell you why. 
This is what God showed me. Because obviously this woman had an insatiable desire for men. And she sought to fill that void with all these different relationships. And many people are like that. They, 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 they have issues. They, 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 won't ever, they don't understand that all they really need is Jesus. And so what do we do? We get the, the alcohol bottle. We get the crack. We get the coke. We get the buddy on the phone. We get, we, get every, we get everything else until we're about dead. Then we say, okay, Lord, I'll come now. See, this woman, Jesus knew what was the real issue. But, but see, in order for her to first come to him, she got to realize where her, her sin. She got to realize where she is. And Jesus said, go call your husband because here's the source of, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fill you up in those areas that you've been empty. Amen. I'm going to give you that living wire. I'm going to fulfill the deepest part of your soul that you ain't going to have to go look for nobody. You don't need no man. And if you're a man, you don't need no woman. All you need is me. I'm going to fill that part of your life. You're going to be oozing over with living waters. Hallelujah. I'm going to fulfill you. That's why he said, go call your husband. Go and call your husband. And, 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 And you know what she does? I should get this revelation. Now, now, now watch this. I want, you to, I want you to look at something here. I'm, I'm, I'm all over my notes. I'm just gone. But that's okay. But Jesus says to her, where, where do I want to go? He says to her, now look at verse number 25 of John chapter number four. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming who is called Christ. Now, let me start right there for a second. Because when you read the scriptures, Jesus very, very rarely, if at all, he ever would just clearly say, I'm the Messiah. He would always kind of divert to it. Well, my works testify of who I am. You say this, but, 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 but you'll believe me because of my works. But very, very rarely, every time they try to, they even told him one time, will you please tell us plainly, who are you? And rarely did he ever just come out and tell them. But in this particular verse, with this Samaritan woman, You get it? An outsider, an outcast, people that the Jews did not like. But the Samaritan woman, he says, he said to her, "Uh, I'm the one. I'm I'm the Messiah. You're talking to him right now. Boom. She dropped the water. Oh, my God. The light bulb came on. And Jesus was letting her know that I am the living water of life. If you drink this water, if you feast upon me, I'll quench every thirst you got. I will satisfy. How many say I'm satisfied in Jesus? And if you find yourself not being satisfied with Jesus today, then you need to go back to him and drink some more. How much time have you been spending in his presence? How much have you been at his, how how much like Mary did or Martha, how, how, how much time have you spent bowed at his knees? One of the signs that you, you find yourself, and we talked about this in Wednesday Night Bible Study, if you find yourself kind of slipping a little bit, you just need to, you need to just drive off somewhere and go to a mountain. Cut off the TV, cut off the radio, cut off everybody. Just get your, like me, my wife, and, you know, I just get a book bag with some reading stuff and a bottle of water. And I'm, because I need to stay connected. Because he said to me that the water that he will give me, I will never thirst. I will never thirst. But he was talking to a Samaritan. Now, now watch this. Look at, look at, uh, look at John. 
chapter number 28. John chapter 4, I'm sorry, verse number 28. No, I'll start at verse 27. And at this point, his disciples came, and they marveled that he talked. See, they came up. The disciples came, and they looked at him. So wait a minute. They were even looking at this like, what is he doing? They marveled. They were surprised that he talked with the woman, yet no one said, what do you, what, what do you seek? Or why are you talking with her? Because at this point, Jesus had already established himself. He had revealed himself to the disciples, so they knew not to even ask him any questions. So they thought that they didn't say anything about it, kept their mouth shut. Then the woman then left her water pots. Watch this. She went her way into the city and said to the men. I thought that was interesting. She said to the men, which is kind of what's her problem anyway, because she had five husbands. How many know you get, five, you get married five times? That might be a problem with you. I mean, do you hear about so many people getting married six, seven, eight times? They got some issues. They need Jesus. They need Jesus. And so, but, but, but here's what she does. She goes back to them, not in an immoral way, not in that old lifestyle that she was trapped in. She goes and say, look, look, watch this, look at verse 29. Come see a man who told me all the things that I ever did. Could this be him, the Christ? Could this be the one that will fulfill everything that I wanted in life, that will just give me total peace, total joy, who would be the answer to all of my problems? Could he be it? She went out, and she opened her mouth. Because, see, when you have an impact with Jesus, we have an encounter with Jesus, you can't keep quiet about it. Not really. You mean tell me Jesus changed your life that radically and nobody know you got saved and born again? You don't want to testify to what he did in your life? What happened to you really? Because when you have an encounter with Jesus, how many know it, it'll cause you to open your mouth? It'll cause you to go into places that are that you're uncomfortable. It'll cause you to go around people that you're uncomfortable with. That's what I love about this gospel. And, and, and look at John. Now, I want, I want to show you something. Then I got a couple of verses I'm going to show you. But look, but look at verse number 39 in that same chapter. And many, everybody say many. Many, many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him. Now, it's not a few, but many. Now, watch this. This is powerful. Many believe in him because of the word of the woman. Did she go to theology school? Did she just come from Bible study? No. I mean, did she just come from a small journey group or life group? Did she just come from the, from the Hubbard's house, from having a marriage study, or the Kuipers, or the Garnett? Did, she, did, did any of that? No, no. She ain't do none of that. But what, what happened here? But, and many Samaritans of the city believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified. She just opened her mouth and said, look, somebody said, well, I don't know what I will say. Well, can you tell people what he did for you? You can tell them what he did for you. You may not know theology. You may not know your Bible inside out, but I can testify to what he did to me and what he did for me. You need to come see this. Yes. Amen. And, and look at it. And, and he told, watch this. And, and because of the woman, of the word of the woman who testified, he told me all that I ever did. That's all she said. He just, you need to come see this man because I'm telling you, he's a prophet. 
He told me everything I ever did. You need to come check him out. Come check him out. Come check him out. And, 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 but look at this. So when the Samaritans had come to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed two more days. Now, I want you to remember, who is he talking to? Samaritans. These race of people that was inferior to the Jewish mindset. <laughs> and many more, verse 4 to 1, believed because of his own word. Then they said to the woman, now we believe not because of what you said, for we ourselves have heard him and we know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. But how did that get possible? Sometimes, you know, I'm not a fisherman. I wish I was. But I got finned by one one time when I was a kid. And I never got over it. But I'll eat a fish in a heartbeat. I just don't like to be grabbing them. I don't want them touching me. I don't like that slick stuff in my hand. But, you know, when you're a fisherman, you, you know, you got to kind of go where the fish are biting if you want to catch fish. Right? And I think sometimes the reason why we don't catch fish is because we keep we keep dipping in the same pool. Maybe we need to step outside of your comfort zone and fish someplace where you're uncomfortable. Maybe you need to go to an ethnic group of people that you're uncomfortable with. They don't look like you, talk like you, smell like you. Don't have the money that you have. And maybe they were respond because this woman, this was, this was fertile ground. And a whole village of people got saved because of a woman who just, who, and you can imagine her enthusiasm. You know when somebody get really excited? They can go and they can convey that excitement to somebody, and then you see them walk through those doors. You know why? Because they just go back to, you need, you need, you need to come. God has done a marvelous work in me. You need to come. You need to see what God is doing. And how, how, who, I mean, I mean, no, the people want to be around people like that. You want to be around enthusiastic people, people that are on fire. You're like, yeah, 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 really. Obviously, he's done something for you. I'm going to just go see what in the world happened to you. That's what they were saying. They were saying, we don't really know, but the way you acting, something happened because you ain't really all about this. You got some, you, I mean, you got all this other stuff going on and you acting like this. Then God, something, something happened, guys. Let's go. And the whole cavalry starts. Now, before we close, let's deal with this race issue. This prejudice issue. If you turn with me to Luke, I believe. Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. We only got a couple of verses and we're done. Luke chapter 10. Verse number 25. Sorry, verse 25. Okay, Luke 10 verse 25. Now, behold, I got to go because I don't want to be here long. I want to hold you too long. And behold, a certain woman, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, what is written in the law? What is what is your reading of it? So he answered and said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to them, you have answered rightly. Do this and you will live. But he wanting to justify himself. Watch this. He said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? All right. Who is my neighbor? Then Jesus answered to him, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves and stripped him of his clothing, wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now, by chance, a certain priest. Now, he's talking about Jews. He's talking about a Jewish priest. By a certain priest came down the road. And when he saw him, he did what? 
passed on the other side. Because nobody here have ever done that, right? Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, a Levite, now this is the Levites. These are the people that had control of the, the ministry of the temple. He's, he came, he looked, he passed by on the other side. But, watch this, a certain what? Wow. You see what Jesus was, Jesus knows how to drive the knife in, don't he? He was, he keep bringing up this whole thing about this Samaritan. He said, but a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him, and he bandaged his wound, poured oil on it, pour, pouring on oil and wine, and he set him on his own animal, brought him to the, an end, and took care of him. Let me say this. Now, now, now hear me. Perhaps your greatest blessing or your vehicle to where God want to take you will come in a package you don't like. And if you're prejudiced, see, I'll give you an example. My pastor is a Caucasian. Now, if I had prejudice in my heart concerning Caucasian people, then perhaps I can say for certain I wouldn't be who I am today. Sometimes God want to bless you, but he says, I want you to go into that place. And you think, so why do I need to go there? I'm not comfortable. Listen to me. You walk with God with any length of time. He is always going to put you in a situation where you're uncomfortable. Amen. And people want to go places where they feel comfortable. They want to go places where it's easy, where, where, where your attitudes can't be confronted. But we really can't deal with the prejudices that's dealing deep down on the inside of you. So we try to avoid that. And we want to go to places where it's safe, where we can say, hallelujah, I'm still a, I'm still a Christian. But we never, ever go in the hard places. The other story Jesus used, and I think that's in Luke 17. I won't read it, but Davi can put it on the screen. You can read it as I talk about it, Luke 17. But it was these 10 lepers that got healed. And... Uh, only one of them came back to give God thanks. So 10 people got healed. They had, had leprosy. 10 got healed. They said, Lord, have mercy, have mercy, have mercy, have mercy. But only one came back. You know who that one was? Jesus said, what say, Samaritan. Jesus was dealing with the, with, the, with, the, with the prejudice of the Jewish people. And he was letting them know, if you're going to be redeemed, if you're going to see me, if you're going to understand who I am, you need to get rid of these attitudes. And so he kept talking about Samaritans because he knew that to a Jew that was offensive. Question is, let's be honest with each other. Let's, no, not, not with each other. I'm not asking you to do that. Scratch that. Let's be honest with God. Is there any prejudice in your own heart? Well, you know, Pastor, I got a friend that's this. I got a friend that's that. I didn't ask you that. Because we got to be people that go beyond all the stuff that we see on TV. And I've seen some of the greatest arguments. I've seen people on both sides of the aisle talk about this issue passionately. But let me tell you something. For the kingdom of God, kingdom of God people, we don't get off into all that. We don't, we don't get off into that because we know that this gospel is for everybody. Amen. And if you've got a problem with one particular race or ethnic group or because of their socioeconomic status or because they're poor, 
and, and they don't have your money, they don't look like you, don't smell like you, you got prejudice. If they walk in this building and they stink and they're dirty and they sit there, we give them the same honor the person who comes in nice and clean. Amen. See, prejudice come in many different forms. Many people like to just tag it on racism, but it comes in many different forms. And if that's you this morning, we need to be set free. You need to just say, Lord, I, I, got, I got some prejudice in my heart. I need to deal with this because I got problems. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed.